Hi, welcome to the Axe Church UK weekly podcast. We hope you'll be inspired and blessed by today's message. Enjoy! Today, it's my privilege to bring God's Word with, uh, to you guys today. Uh, and uh, for those of you who uh, might or might not know, uh, we are doing something new. Uh, in, in every sense of the word, we are starting a new series. Uh, and uh, we're going to do a 10-part series. All right, uh, and uh, this is new for me too because I've never done a ten-part series. You know, I I preached you know on the same theme for a whole year, and we did that last year. Uh, but to kind of I like, do a ten-part series, uh, but uh, I hope that this will bless you. Uh, and uh, you might be wondering what this ten-part series is for or, or about. This is a ten-part series on the commandments. Uh, and so, uh, if you uh, are taking down notes, if you want to be cool, you can, the name of the series, instead, I thought, instead of not calling it Ten Commandments, you know, you can write down four plus six. Four plus six. And those of you who are good with math, you will know that it, that, that means ten, right? And why four plus six instead of just ten? Uh, because the Ten Commandments is really broken down to four commands that, 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 challenge and govern our relationship with God, and six commands that, that govern and challenge our relationship with the people around us. Uh, and it is, you know, and, and the way God revealed it to me is four plus six because it takes Christ in the middle, the plus, the cross, to make it all happen. Because we are not saved by works, by our own flesh alone, by our own strength alone, we cannot fulfill the commandments. It's only through Christ that we can even honor God and love our neighbors. And so that's like the cool uh, uh, title. Uh, but, uh, you know, but the, why the Ten Commandments, you might be thinking, all right? Uh, well, because, you know, we learned last week that Jesus challenged us, if you love me, keep my commands. And Jesus again and again said that, I did not come to abolish the law. I did not come to break the law. I came to fulfill it. And so while we are saved by the grace of God, now that we are saved, now that we believe in Jesus, our behavior must reflect the one that we believe in. And so if Jesus came to live up the commandments, to fulfill the commandments, uh, then we too uh, must echo in Him. Amen? And, and the commandments is a beautiful thing. And, and I want us to, before I go into part one, and of course, the, you know, every week we will be doing one commandment. That's why there's 10 parts, okay? It's not because I'm long-winded than usual. I know, I know, I preach long. You don't have to, you know, remind me. Uh, but it's, every week we'll be tackling one command. But before tackling about today's commandments, I just want to give us an overview. You know, many times, uh, 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 you know, our friends, when they hear about Christianity, and, and feel free to lift your hands if you have felt this way, or you have been, you know, told this before by your friends, or it couldn't be yourself, uh, that sometimes Christianity feels like a religion, even though it's not, but, you know, for today, we'll just use that example, a religion of do's and don'ts. How many of you have felt that way before or been told that before? Come on, let's see some, some hands if, if you have, right? People have said, oh, you know, Christians, you're all about do this or do that or don't do this or don't do that. Uh, but actually, you know, it's really just 10. It's really just 10. It's not restrictive. Uh, and and, and I, I want to just give us some, some interesting trivia about the commandments, you know. Uh, if you don't like the word commandments, you know, another way to look at it is like, it's like a constitution. 
Uh, and, and the commandments, even though in today, uh, the flesh, you know, our fallen nature makes us feel like, oh, it's so restrictive. But actually, when it was introduced, it was powerful and very modern. And because it was introduced at a time where the constitution did not exist, where, the, where man made the law and the, the one that makes all the laws is uh, uh, kings and lords. You know, in fact, Jesus said, you know, the, the Gentiles lorded among themselves. But then he says that for us as his servants, you know, if you want to be greatest, you must come as a servant. Amen? The first shall become the last and last become the first. And so when, when God first introduced the commandments, today we might look at it as, oh, rules. But at that time, it was modern. You know, and, and it still is modern because, you know, back then it was like, yeah, you know, uh, we had kingdoms and then empires. There was the Egyptian empire. There was like different empires. Uh, but the one that made the rules was the boss, was the pharaoh. Uh, but when the introduction, the Ten Commandments came in, is this, it means this, that, hey, under this law, all men are equal. Wow. And so it's not like a barbaric thing, but it, it, it is God introducing, you know, laws and, and regulations so that we can live. You know, how many of you uh, love sports? I you know, just want to see how many uh, members in our church, sporty people, you love sports of any kind? I'm not going to judge you, you know? Oh, not that many. Oh, okay. How many of you don't love sports? Oh, okay, okay. Maybe don't love is a strong word. You know? <laughs> how many of you, okay. Uh, uh, oh, I, I just, oh, our, our church is not very physical. Oh. I wonder, is it because of, of you know, does it reflect because, you know, I'm the pastor and I'm, I'm very unsporty and unsporty people come, it's okay, you know, unsporty people love you. So, so let me see the hand again, sports people, sports people, you love kicking around a ball, you love physical activity, uh, okay, okay, uh, how many of you love the indoors, indoors people, indoors, indoors, oh, a lot, much more indoor people, okay, indoor people, what do you do, uh, board games, you love board games, some of you love board games, or any games, pop quiz, anything, okay, most of us, now how many of you would agree, whether you are a sports person, or a board games person, uh, that there needs to be rules, and the rules are there to make the game more fun, is to make the game more enjoyable, right? And, and not only that, it is to make the playing of the game uh, 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 more safe as well, right? Can you imagine if, you know, playing football, and I, I know those of you who love football, feel free to correct me, you know, that, that if you, you know, if you, if you don't, you know, and, and we've seen this so many times before, right? One, uh, I, I'm, I, I'm not like the biggest football person, but I love watching the World Cup. And, and the thing I love about watching the World Cup is the acting. Oh, the acting or the play acting. And, and how many of you been there before where, where either, you know, they get you know, kicked in the knee, but then they, they, they feel like, you know, that somehow the, the knee nerve system connects to the face. And, and I've seen before where someone got kneed and then they cover the face like, like they just got punched. And, and the play acting is like Oscar worthy. Now, Regardless of where you stand in the play acting and, and the violence that can happen, the, the truth prevails that sometimes in the playing of games, in the doing of life together, our flesh comes out. And, and, and sometimes, some of those of you who play sports before, how many of you, you know, there are times where you lost your temper, don't, don't lift your hands, but you've lost your temper playing a game. And you can even lose your temper playing a board game. And, and, right? and know some of you, how many have lost your temper playing Monopoly before? 
You know, how, oh, wow, wow, thank you for the honesty. You know, how many have lost your temper playing, I don't know, and right now what's very cool, Among Us, right, right? How many of you have lost, how many have lost it, you know, you was you, uh, playing Among Us, come on. See a show of hands, you know, those of you, right? Right, it's okay, no, come on, come on, just, just no, let the truth set you free, okay? And, and whether it's, it's a video game or a board game or a real physical game, you know, we, we have moments where we lose ourselves, we lose our temper, words come of us that don't belong in the, in the court, and, and, and the commandments are there like rules to help make the game more enjoyable, to help make life more enjoyable. To help safeguard our relationship because God knows that there will be days where the flesh comes out and the commandments is not to restrict us, but it's to help us to stay free and more free. Amen. Free from misunderstanding, free from anger, free uh, from offense, free from bitterness. And so the commandments are this beautiful thing. And I'm not sure whether it's because of my, my background as you know, being someone who read law before, uh, but the commandments as a, as, as a piece of legislature just, it just makes me you know, just so happy to, to, to go uh, uh, do a deep dive into it. And, and that's what I want to help us today. And every week, what we will do in, in going through the commandments, we will ask ourselves three questions. Uh, in my preparation of this series, I, I find it uh, hard. And, and, and it's not every week I'm able to give you, you know, as you know, some of you who have uh, listened to my preaching every week, sometimes I, I try to make the, the, the points uh, memorable by, by either making them rhyme in a certain way or try to, like I said, try, uh, or make them start with the same letter P or, 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 or something like that. But in this 10-part series, instead of doing that, uh, I'll, I'll still try to make it memorable, uh, but every week we will be asking ourselves these three questions. So write these three questions down. As we go through the commandments, this is what, these are the three things I want to accomplish through this. The first question is this, what does this commandment tell us about who we are? You see, learning the commands and the commands of the constitution, we discover the heart of God because it is God who gave it. And when you, when you look at the commands, it's not just rules to follow, but it tells us about God. And when we know God's heart, we discover who we are. You know, recently I was talking to an American neighbor and uh, the conversation came up and my American neighbor said that, you know, we Americans, we are, we are very opinionated. I'm like, oh, wow. You know, one American can speak for all Americans. We Americans are very opinionated. And I discovered this to be true, true observation of American culture, American media, uh, news reports, you know, and, and, and all that. Uh, and, and he explained that a big part of it is because of uh, just the Constitution, freedom, freedom, you know, freedom uh, uh, of expression, you know, uh, uh, freedom, you know, the, the, I think it's in their Constitution where they, freedom of speech. And because there's freedom of speech, it makes them people who want to exercise their freedom of speech, therefore, opinionated. And so, when we learn the commands, we also learn who we are. And that makes us closer to who God wants us to be. The second question I want to help us unpack every week is, why was it given? 
Last week we talked about obedience, right? And how it's not about pushing ourselves to obey, but it's being pulled by the Holy Spirit, pulled by God's love, amen? And, and, and being, being, being just pulled by, by God. But another motivator, if I can put it that way, uh, to live a life of obedience is to understand the why. The why. And, and if we can understand the why behind some of these commandments, uh, we will be, you know, more aware and we will be more uh, initiated, more motivated to keep it. And the third question I want to help us unpack every week is how do we live it out today? How do we live it out today? Because like I said earlier, Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commandments. And this is in line with something that I feel God say to us as a church. And God is saying, Dave, even in this pandemic season, where yes, the church can meet again uh, in a reduced capacity, uh, you know, there are a lot of uncertainties, but I want you to disciple my church. Uh, because I've been crying out to God, can I just spend a moment to be honest with you? I've been crying out, God, how do I grow your church? How do I reach out more people? You know, and we're trying, right? That's why we're doing Alpha. You know, sign up for Alpha, Alpha Online. And those of you who've been to Alpha Season 1, make some noise. Okay, cool. There's some of you here. And I hope that that has blessed you. But invite your friend. And I'm thinking, oh God, how else can we do? You know, is it just buying a better camera to improve our streaming so we can stream to more platforms? And we're working towards doing that too. But then God said this, disciple my people. Because when my people grow, the church will grow. Because when my people grow in their confidence in me, they cannot help but represent me. They cannot help but want to pray for their friends. When they grow in their love for me, when they grow in their faith for me, when they grow. And so God is saying, disciple my people, disciple my people. And that's why I want to embark on this 10-part series as a form of discipleship over the pulpit. You know, to help us to live it out. Because these commands is not just there to be hung on the wall. The Ten Commandments is not there just to be in front of, you know, the, the high court or, or, or to, I don't know, you know, for, uh, for it just to be a, a decoration on the wall. It's not memorabilia. You know, this is a command that we need to live out today. It still affects us today. And if we can live it out, we can glorify God and, and by being discipled in that way. Amen? Amen. How many of you like it so far? Amen? And so I'm trying to do this because uh, when, you know, being me and talking about the law, sometimes we can get a bit dry. So I'm trying not to keep it dry, but these are the three questions. So every week, we're going to ask ourselves these three questions. Amen? Which brings us to commandment number one. So for those of you who uh, don't know what is commandment number one, what do you turn with me to Deuteronomy chapter 5? Verse 1 to 7. Deuteronomy chapter 5. In Deuteronomy chapter 5, you get the Ten Commandments. And every week, we're going to read more and more into Deuteronomy chapter 5. Uh, and uh, by the tenth part, we'll be reading until the tenth commandment. But today, we're going to read until the first command. And so let's read. This is the background. Moses summoned all Israel and said, Hear Israel. The decrees and laws I declare in your hearing today, learn them and be sure to follow them. Turn to your neighbor and say, learn them and be sure to follow them. Amen. This is God's word for us today. Amen. Because, because if, if you love God, we've got to obey him. 
the, the Lord our God made a covenant with us at Horeb. It was not with our ancestors that the Lord made this covenant, but with us, with all of us who are alive here today. Well, I, I feel the word of God speak to us. So this is, the Bible is reminding us, God is reminding us, the Ten Commandments is not just an Old Testament piece of legislation. It is not an artifact. It is not a souvenir. It is a covenant that God made, not to the ancestors, but to us who are here today. The Lord spoke to you face to face out of the fire on the mountain. So this is how direct from God. You know, if you, if you ever wonder, what does God stand for? The Ten Commandments, because it's spoken from God face to face to His people. Of course, Moses clarified, at that time I stood between the Lord and you to declare to you the word of the Lord because you were afraid of the fire and did not go up to the mountain. And so Moses, again, is, is kind of like a, a foreshadowing of, of who, what Jesus will do, standing between us and God, connecting us between us and God. Amen? And you will see this throughout the Old Testament. You know, all the Old Testament heroes, whether it's Abraham, whether it's Isaac, whether it's, whether it's Jacob or Joseph or, or Moses here, you know, they, they foreshadow the coming of the Christ by, by people who stand in the gap as people who uh, uh, God uses as saviour of His people. Amen? And He said, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt out of the land of slavery. And then let's write this down. You shall have no other gods before me. That is our title today. You shall have no other gods before me. Amen? And every week we're going to go deeper and deeper. This sounds simple. And, and immediately you might be thinking, oh, I, I pastor, before you go in, I, I know what that tells us, I know why, you know, but, but hold on, you know. And I want us to understand that God gave these commandments, like I said, be, not, be, not to enslave us, but because we have now been set free. And, and the, the, the obedience of God helps prolong uh, uh, that, that enjoyment of life. Uh, and, and so the historical context that, you know, in verse 6, it says that I'm the one that rescued you out of slavery in Egypt. I'm the one who took you out. And I believe that what God is saying to us today, even though we are living now, you know, in the new covenant, you know, with life in Jesus, you know, God is reminding us, I'm the one that saved you from sin. I'm the one that took you out. And one day we will enter the promised land called the presence of God, where we can see God face to face. But until then, uh, uh, we are to abide by His commands. Until then, we are to live out His commands. And so, it, 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 just like how the, God used the example of the Israelites being brought out of Egypt and the promised land being their final destination and the wilderness being a time where God was forming them, God was discipling them, God was doing all that so that they can enjoy the promised land. And so God is saying to us again today, hey, I'm bringing you back to the commandments because I want you to be able to enjoy the freedom. Yes, Jesus has set you free. Now when you obey this, that freedom comes alive. You know, the, think of it again. The constitution of any country is there to help you enjoy the country more. 
Amen? You know, freedom is there, you know, whether it's like freedom to, you know, in, just using America as an example, you know, freedom of, of speech or freedom to own guns. Okay, okay, that's a sensitive topic. But, but freedom, freedom, right, is, is there to help you enjoy freedom. And so is God's Ten Commandments. Amen? I, I wrote here that rules keep things fun. How many of you think that rules are fun? No? Oh, no? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. This is a, this is a, this is a, it's like a, the, a, a, a psychological quiz. People who find rules fun are usually very good with administration. So let me just see the hands again. How, how many find rules fun? Good, okay, good, yeah, yeah, I know. Good administrator, good administrator, cool. So if you guys need good administrators, okay, look at the people who find rules fun. Amen. Rules keep things fun and the human problem in check. Let's go into this. Are you ready? The Ten Commandments. Thou shalt have, or you shall have, no other gods before me. What? What does this tell us about who we are? Point number one, which is also our answer to that question, is this. It means that we were made for a master. And everyone who is going through a master's program say, Amen or has gone through one, say amen, right? You were made for a master. So some of you are like, yes, that's right. I received that. I had that. No, no, no. Let's go back again, right? To Jesus saying that I rescue you out of slavery, you know? And so we must understand that human beings, we were created to serve God. We were created for God. And no, this word, this point, we were made for a master sounds so off-putting. Sounds like I'm pro-slavery. No, no, no. In fact, it's the opposite. You see, once we were slaves, now we are servants of God. But either way, we were created to have a master. And in pastoring people, I discovered that in talking to people who have faith and people who don't have faith in Jesus, I discovered that uh, there's at least one group of people uh, and, uh, you know, feel free to say, ouch, if this is you currently or you before this or you know of somebody who's like this. Uh, but I, I know of a group of people and, and who love freedom. Love freedom. You know, and, 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 and these are people that they just love freedom and we see them in different ways. You know, some, the most obvious way is a lot of friends, they love financial freedom. How many of you know at least one person who has said that I want to retire by 30, you know? I know it's ridiculous. Those of us who are past 30 will be like, that, that's ridiculous. You know, or some people say, I want to retire by 40. I want to retire by 50. Or they'll say things like, you know, because I, I just want to live free, right? How many of you have friends who love to travel and will do anything to travel because they love to roam free? In fact, hashtag wanderlust is, is, is the thing that they live by, Right? And how many of you have friends who, who are very proud to announce that they don't subscribe to one particular form of belief or religion because they want to be free? Free to love who they want, free to do what they want, and, and no God or no religion or no man-made law should tell them otherwise, right? And we have people like that. But the truth is this, no matter how you hack it, we are not really free. No friends who say, I want financial freedom. You might say that you want to be free from your job, but you're actually still a slave to money. 
And what you're saying is this, that I, I still want money because they say, I want, I want financial freedom, not freedom from finances, but freedom to use as much finances as they want without a nine to five, right? You hear people say, quit your nine to five. But it still means that you're a slave to money. You can quit your nine, oh, that's good, write it down. You can quit your nine to five, but you can still be a slave to money. Some people say, I love traveling. And the, hey, don't get me wrong. Traveling is fine. Travel if you can, all right? And quarantine yourself when you come back. But you're also still a slave to the holidays. And, and how many have been there before? You got some friends who they, 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 they like to project the, 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 the identity that they are free, but actually, you know, they, they are hooked. They are, they are locked down by... You know, the comparison game. And they're always looking, oh no, no, maybe if I go to Iceland, it will make me, just using a neutral place, okay? Go to Iceland. I know some people think I'm going to Iceland. If I go to Iceland, it will make me happier. If I go to America, it will make me happier. Some of us might even think that if I came to the UK, it will make me happier. You know, if, if, if I went home, it will make me happier. And, and we think that traveling anywhere we want makes us free, but actually we are still slave to somebody else's opinion. Slave to the Instagram, slave to the comparison game, right? And some of us, we can even say that, I don't believe in any God. I'm my, my own person. No, I'm a free thinker. That's also another expression of freedom. How many of you have friends who profess to be free thinkers, Right? Free thinkers. Oh, I'm a free thinker. You know, or maybe the more nicer word, you know, sometimes people say, I'm spiritual but not religious. Ooh. And it sounds like, oh, free-spirited, but you're still serving someone. Or the free thinker, you know, whether you subscribe to atheism, you're still serving that. You know, you might not say you have a God, but your, you know, you, your God might not be Jesus, but your God's name is atheism. You know, you, you might not believe in God's salvation, but you believe in nature's evolution. So you still subscribe to a certain form of theology, whether you realize it or not, because we're all made to have a master. Even people who, who say that, you know, I, 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 you know, I want to be free. I just want to do whoever I want. You're still a slave or you're still serving someone. You know, and that someone or that something could be yourself. And it's called self-serving. And there are a lot of people walking around thinking that they are good people, but they're actually self-serving, self-centered, self-loathing people. And then one thing we need to understand, God is saying that why? You shall have no other gods. You were made. God is saying that you were made to have a God. You were made to serve. And only God is good. And God is saying that you're made to have a master. And there are many things you can choose to serve or to be a slave under. But God is saying that every one of them, except me, except God, except Jesus, every one of them will hurt you. Every one of them will disappoint you. But only God will not. And so when we understand this, we begin to live our best life. Once you start understanding that, hey, I'm made to serve God, then serving God no longer becomes a chore. It becomes part of your calling, part of your purpose, part of what makes and enriches your life. 
And Jesus explains this in a, in a very clear way. In, in, in both Luke chapter 16, verse 13, and Matthew chapter 6, verse 24, Jesus has the same identical uh, teaching. So, you know, the team can flash up either of these and they'll have the same thing, but I gave you both to write it down. Luke 16, 13, Matthew 6, 24 says this, No one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. And then Jesus goes on to say, you cannot serve both God and money. For fun, let's turn to the other one. Matthew 6 says that, no one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other and you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. You, you know that God means business when he repeats himself. You know, God doesn't need to repeat himself, but when he repeats himself and two different, you know, uh, 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 authors or, or record keepers, you know, write down the identical phrasing, it means that Jesus is not mincing his words. And Jesus is cutting. So what I want us to understand is, this again, not an Old Testament legislature, but Jesus talked about it as well. And Jesus says that, let me cut straight to the point, you're meant to have masters. And you cannot serve two. You either serve God or Jesus cuts straight to the chase. How many of you like that Jesus is straightforward? He is very straightforward. You know, are you going to leave me? No? Okay, cool. You know, he's, he's, he's super straightforward. Sometimes we, we, we think, oh, I want, you know, pastor, why can't you be more like Jesus? I'll be like, you sure you want me to be more like Jesus? You know, I will go to your house and flip your table, you know. You know, I, I will chase you out of church anyway. So... <laughs> Uh, so I'm, I'm trying, I'm trying. This is the only time where, I, where I'm not being like Jesus. Is. Anyway, so, and Jesus cutting kind of straight to the point, saying that you cannot serve God and mammon. And let me, again, be straightforward to you. Jesus is trying to tell us that whether you realize it or not, there are spiritual forces at work. And everything in the physical has a spiritual dimension. You, mammon is the spiritual or demonic name for money and the spiritual force that controls wealth that, that Jesus is using as the prime example of the thing that most of us, and, and the Word of God is so timeless. I believe that if you preach this in 2047, money will still be king in someone's life. You know, if you preach this during Jesus' time, money was king to someone's life. That's why there were tax collectors. Money makes the world go round, but Jesus is saying that, yeah, there are spiritual forces at work. There's a spiritual dimension to physical things like wealth. But what you need to understand is you cannot serve them. There is only room in your heart for one master. And God is saying that there's only your creator to have a master. Jesus is saying there's only room for one master. And they're both saying the same thing. Only God can satisfy. Let me very quickly give an example. You know, I've used this example before, but you know, I, 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 I'm, I'm always reminding myself, why did, I was always asking myself, why did Jesus use mammon? Because mammon or money is the thing that is the, 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 the closest thing to a false God. People say that God can give you peace. People can even say money can give you peace if you have enough of it. You know, people can say that God can heal you. But then people now can even say, but money can also heal you. In fact, a lot of problems come out because of lack of money. But with money, you can buy, you know, medical, you know, treatment for this and that. 
You know, money can, uh, can, I don't know, bring people together. God can bring people together. So, So do you see how, you know, it is the closest thing to a counterfeit God? But one thing is this, money cannot forgive you of your sins. Money cannot free you from addiction. In fact, money only creates more addiction. You see that when it comes to the, tr- the, the, the things that truly matter to the human condition, money cannot satisfy. Only God can. You know? Money cannot save your marriage. That's why people get divorced. Right? And they come to the UK to get divorced. You know, can Google it. Do you know the, the highest profile divorce uh, in the UK, as in the, the biggest settlement, uh, is, is a Malaysian couple? Go back, Google it. I think it's one billion. Slice straight in half. Money. Money looks like a good God, but it's one that will spit you out the moment you run out of anything. But God is the one that will pick you up. Amen. And so Jesus is trying to tell us, hey, there's room enough for one master. God is saying you cannot have any masters, so serve him because only God is good. You know, you can work for your company and sometimes that's what it becomes, right? We were made for a master and that's why some of us, we are workaholics. You know, our boss is our master. You know, as in like our job is our master, okay? If you're in a strange workplace where your boss asks you to call him master, then, then maybe quit the job, Okay? Uh, or, or run and talk to us, we might be able to help you get out. You just might be human trafficked, okay? Um, but, you know, but you know what I'm saying. A lot of us, we, we, we have different things as our gods. And God is saying that, no, 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 you, you, you cannot have that. And that's what that tells us about us, that we are created for a master and there's only room for one master and that master must be God. Anything else will only cripple your life. Anything else will only lead you to ruin. Question number two or point number two is this. Why was it given? Now, on the surface, you might say that, well, the people came out of Egypt. Egypt was a culture that worshipped many gods. So maybe they were influenced by that. Maybe, maybe. And that's probably possibly true. But I'm going to go deeper than that. You know, it's not just about reacquainting uh, uh, the, the, the people of God from from, from have, coming from a, a culture of, uh, you know, uh, worshipping many gods to worshipping one god again. But I believe that it's to bring us deeper into that. And I want to bring us deeper. Why was this given? And this is the answer, which brings me to point number two. This was given because if we're not careful, we can do church without God. But we must not. When I talk about why was this given, I'm not just talking about, you know, the historical significance, but why was this the first thing that was given? Why did God could have put anything commandment number one? And we start with commandment number one because it needs to be God. You see, without God and putting God in the rightful place as our master, the commandments will just be rules. So maybe a quick heart check. If you feel like the things of God are like rules and restrictions to you, maybe the problem is God's not in your heart. If God is in your heart, you won't perceive them as rules. But this is also the danger, right? 
some of us don't like rules, but some of us thrive on rules. And the danger is this, the danger of human condition, why was this given? Why is it so important to get God right first, to put God in His first priority? It's because if we don't, we can carry out and do church without God. And this is, this is clear in Matthew chapter 19, verse 16 to 22. In case you don't know yet, but I'm, I'm, I'm backing everything up with the teachings of Jesus. And you have Jesus' conversation with a rich young ruler and we're familiar with scripture, but let's read it again. Just then, a man came up to Jesus and asked, Teacher, what good thing must I do to get eternal life? Why do you ask me about what is good? Jesus replied, There is only one who is good. If you want to enter life, keep the commandments. Which ones? He inquired. Jesus replied, You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not give false testimony. Honor your father and mother. Love your neighbor as yourself. All these I have kept, the young man said. What do I still lack? Jesus answered, If you want to be perfect, go sell your possessions, give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come, follow me. When the young man heard this, he went away sad because he had great wealth. This young man was able to carry out the commandments. But when he came to the one, the first one that truly mattered, he did not have it. And you, he literally had God checking his heart. Why did Jesus say this? You know, why do you call me good? It's not because Jesus was like, hey, don't, no, I, I'm, not, I'm not good. No, no, no. Jesus is saying that, young man, do you know what you're, what you're asking me? Do you know who you're asking for clarification? If you're going to call me good teacher, implying that I'm of God, then please take my words for the word of God. Don't do this, don't do that, don't do that, that, that. And then he was proudly to say that I did all of this. But then when Jesus says that one thing you still lack, follow me. What's commandment number one? Follow God. Do not have any other thing besides God. Follow God. You literally, this young man literally had God in front of him, inviting him to follow him, and he could not. Why? Because it says here, while it looked like he was doing okay, he was in his heart serving another master called great wealth. And this is a warning for us. Why do you think, why, why do I call this a discipleship session? Because if we're not careful, we can go through church. We can give, but we don't have God. We can even join the worship team and don't have God. And Sam knows this. And there are some people that they sign up and, and we, 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 we test them out. And then we don't get back to them. <laughs> Nobody's here, that's why I can say it. You know? if, if anyone here, Sam didn't get back to you, please talk to him. You know, he needs a good administrator in his life. Anyway, so, but sometimes people can come to the worship team thinking that, oh, my talents, oh, I love music. That's why I want to serve in this area, but there's no God. There's no God. We can give and there's no God in our life. You know, we, we can live a pious life and there can still be no God in our life. And, and this is so important. Why did God give this to us? Because He knows how deceitful, self-deceiving, self-serving we can be. And God is saying that, my people, you got to understand that if you don't get this right, you know, you will only see this as restrictive rules and regulations. But even if you see this as restrictive rules and regulations, you can carry them out and miss the point. 
And that's why a lot of Christians were living for God, but were missing the point. And that's why there's no testimony in our lives. There's no joy in our lives. No, don't point to your neighbor, but you know what I'm saying. You know, don't go like, oh yeah, that, that, that's you. That, that, that word is for you. But I've seen people, they go to church, but there's, there's no testimony because something else. They're doing church. Do you know that, you know, and I've said this before, huh? <laughs> that I, I've seen some, and by no, as I use this example, I want to clarify, I'm by no means putting down anyone. Uh, but I've seen people who don't believe in Jesus come to church more often than Christians. And I'm saying that not to give you license to go like, oh, yeah, pastor got it, which means that I don't need to come to church that often. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm saying that you can come and have a perfect track record uh, in terms of attendance without God being in you. And I wonder how many of us, if we're not careful, we can end up like that. All it takes is just, you know, if... let me put it in a term that all of us can understand. Because if you say that, yeah, pastor, I'm here, I love Jesus, I don't have any other gods before me. You see, the first thing you listen to in the morning, you know, is he or is Instagram? Or is it your WhatsApp? Or is it your phone? And for some, it's not even that, it could be exercise. You wake up, you need to have exercise. Some of you, your God could be sleep. And I must have, you know, you woke up this morning and then you, some, well, not people who are here, but maybe there are days where we are tempted. Do we choose sleep or do we choose God? And God is saying that, you know, there's a constant war in our hearts and there's only room for one master. And not only that, you know, if we're not careful, we can be failing the commandment and we can still keep going. And as I was preparing for this, I was so convicted because I was checking my heart, God, I don't ever want to preach without you. And can I tell you, can I be honest with you? You can. I've, I've met people who shouldn't be saying, I shouldn't be slamming anyone, but I've met people who preach, but they don't have God. I've met people who, who teach theology in big universities and seminaries, but they don't have a relationship with God. And this is important. This is the why, because if it can happen to us, it's so easy to point our fingers and go like other people, but God is saying that it can happen to you. We can do church without God, but we must not. Amen? You know, it, it, you know the, the young ruler was able to keep the commands without God. That's why he couldn't see that it was actually God standing in front of him, inviting him to go deeper. That brings me to question number three. So now, okay, let's, let's move on to the bit positive. Because I don't want you to just walk away going like, oh, no, I just felt like Pastor Dave just slapped me, you know, question whether I really love God, question whether I'm doing church, you know, without God, you know. So how do we live this out today? The answer is this, the way, the only way for us to live out this command today is that we must submit to Christ and nothing else. This sounds simple, but it's not. Because in our world today, if we are really honest, it's always Christ and something else. 
So how do I live out? How do I make sure that, that I'm not deceiving myself? That I'm not just going through the motions of church, but actually not doing it with God? You know, how do I, you know, not be like the rich young ruler and, and, and think that he's loving God, but actually it's, it's mammon that is the master of his heart? Well, then you got to submit to Christ. What did the young ruler, what was the thing that the young ruler couldn't do? He couldn't submit to Christ. I'm not saying that we are perfect, far from it. But if we can maintain a posture of submission to Christ and nothing else, then we know that we are carrying out commandment number one, which is to have no other God besides Him. No other God besides Jesus. No other God. And this is important because, can I be real? You know, I've, I've, I've met so many people I shouldn't say met so many people, then you think that I've got very bad company. <laughs> but I'm, I'm only saying this because, you know, as a pastor, as someone who spends a lot of time in church, you know, not just here, but even before this in, 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 in Malaysia, uh, I've lost some very good friends. When I say lost them, I mean they just fall out from church. They were serving before that. They were on fire before that. They were giving before that. All, all, the, all the things, you know, all the church stuff. Serving, giving, going for missions caring for people. Some of them let homes. But as I'm saying this, I'm trying to be sensitive to everyone. But on the surface, while it looks like they're chasing after Christ, it was really Christ and something else. And for some of my friends, that something else was a relationship. And I've seen people on fire and then the moment another relationship comes in, a guy walks in, a girl walks in, and then you see suddenly now it's no longer Christ and nothing else. It's Christ and that person. And then soon it becomes that person and then Christ is secondary. I've sat down and counseled so many people who say, Pastor, I know I shouldn't be dating so-and-so, but in the moment you say things like that, there's already another God in your life. Because the moment you can say, I know God said this, but that means that he's no longer number one. He's no longer numero uno. In fact, maybe you've replaced him and you kicked him off. I've seen some friends leave church because, can I again be real? I'm, I'm, I'm struggling to share this, you know, because I, I know there are a lot of single people here. But a lot of my female friends have left church because eventually they say, I can't find a husband. I know there are a lot of single girls here, so I'm declaring good husbands to everyone here, okay? You know, don't leave church. But what if you never get married? Would you still love God? What I've discovered is a lot of people can't. And God is only as good as His ability to provide a husband. And the moment, as they, you know, and, and well, in their early 20s, they'll be like, Jesus is enough for me. I need Jesus and nothing else. And in their mid-20s, they go like, I, I love you, Jesus. I declare that my prince will come. Then the moment they hit 30, they start going like, Jesus, I, no, no, please hear my heart's cry. By the time they reach the mid-30, can I be honest with you, I've lost a lot of friends who then walk out of church. And the first thing they start doing is, oh, you know, I'm, 
no, I'm just, I'm just burnt out. I'm just burnt out from X Church. Just burnt out. I think, I think I want to go to another church. I think that church has no better worship. I think that other church has deeper teaching. I think that other church is, is but then as a person who knows their life and has a gift of discernment, I begin to go like, you're actually going to look. And I start seeing a pattern of them changing church and hopping around and eventually, and, and you know, and some in the new church find a man, get married, and then, you know, whatever. And then some don't. And, and I'm not here to slam anyone, but I'm here to say that the heart is so deceitful. Sometimes we can, it can be, for some of us, Jesus plus a good man. But God is saying, it's Jesus and nothing else. No other gods. Some of us, it can be Jesus and, let me be more general, Jesus and a job. And, and, you know, or Jesus and success. I've counseled so many people who are blessed with success and, and they've never failed before. At the moment they encounter one failure, it feels like God's not real. And I go like, no, brother, it's just one failure. If we're not careful, it's Jesus and something else which we can't. And so we've got to remind ourselves, how do we live this out today? We must submit to Christ and nothing else. That means this, even if I'm single, I still love you, Christ. I still love you, Jesus. The good news is this, Jesus was single. So Jesus knows your pain. <laughs> and all the single people say, oh, no, no, okay. <laughs> just, just trying, just trying to <laughs> lighten the mood. <laughs> Some of us is, is Jesus and the job, Jesus and health. That's why the moment, or Jesus and protection, and the moment you, you, a tragedy happens to your family, it's like, oh, God is not real. I'm not sure about God. You know, I don't, I, I don't think I've ever believed. And the truth, yeah, maybe you've never really believed because you've always believed if Jesus and something, but it's, it's not Jesus and prosperity. It's not Jesus and health. It's not Jesus and a five-figure salary. It's not Jesus and a Lamborghini. It's, it's Jesus and nothing else. In fact, that was the only thing Jesus promised. Leave everything, sell all you have, come and follow me. And so if that was Jesus' original invitation, why have we added on to that? So what this means is this. We've got to ask ourselves, do I love Christ above all else? Is there anything in my life that is causing me to love God less, then I need to check it because I am in weakness of failing this command. And it can happen, if not today, then someday. Some of my friends today with children are telling me, wow, now I understand that actually our children can become an idol, can become a distraction. In fact, some of our friends, you're watching this, we love you. Because of their children, they stop going to church. Because, oh, no, now that I've got a child, no, I don't think I can go to church anymore. No, no, my, 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 my daughter needs her piano tuition. You know, now golfing is very in. I want my, my, I want my son to become a pro golfer. So, so I'm going to send them for, for golfing lessons on Sunday morning. God can wait. And, and, and what else, you know? I know a couple of weeks ago, you know, we, we talked about how to bear fruits. We've got to branch out, right? But I mean B-R-A-N-C-H, not B-R-U-N-C-H. 
And sometimes we can choose brunch over God. Right? Oh, you know, some, some of us, we go like, you know, <laughs> I have had people leave church, leave Acts, because they say, you know, and I take this, you know, I'm trying to improve. They say, you preach too long, Pastor. Because, because of you, I'm missing my lunch appointments. Yeah, I'm only human. Yes, I would speak shorter. But are you in danger of choosing brunch over God? Or lunch over God? Do we love God above all else? Do we trust God above all else? Right now, what makes your day? Is it the Word of God? Or the news reports? And every day, recently I was talking to Pastor Joel in ex-Melbourne. And he's saying that right now, Melbourne is in the world's longest lockdown. They're still being locked down. And he says that after a while in lockdown, you, you, you become a different person. They say that now he's trying to disciple the church because it feels that when they wake up, they know the first thing they check is the infection rate and the death toll. And then that determines what kind of day they will have, whether they step out or they don't. And so do you trust God above all else? Is the Word of God the final authority of your life? And last but not least, do you fear God above all else? If God is God, He's not someone that we can move around. We think that we can move Him around, but we end up just messing ourselves up. The rich young ruler thought that he could compartmentalize God, live out the commandments. I'm living the commandments out but I'm living out God. And yet in the end, he was the one that missed out. And he was the only one that was left out. And so as we bring to a close today's message, you know, I'll tell you what, why don't I give you one more scripture? Why is this so important for us to submit to Christ and nothing else? John 14, 6, Jesus, again, I want us to hear the words of Jesus. Jesus says this, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Again, it's Jesus and nothing else. Acts 4.12 says this, there is salvation in no other name. There is no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. It's Jesus. It's not, it's Jesus. I know, you know, today, the world we're living in, you know, just one text message. Do you know the other day I got a bit nervous? You know, because I suddenly got a text message that says, NHS COVID track and tricks. I didn't have a chance to read it. You know how your phone just shows you the title first and go like, oh no. I'm thinking, God, here I am trying to do a 10 part series. Oh no. Did someone, you know, because I'm like, I, I, you know, I do go to some restaurants. I'm like, there's someone in one of the restaurants I go to, are they trying to tell me that? that there's someone sitting next to me and then it was just saying, uh, community service reminder, please download the Track and Trace app. And I'll be like, oh, you. <laughs> and right then, then God checked my heart. I go like, Dave, are you, are, you, are you questioning my ability to protect you? And I go like, no, God, no, I'm not. But if I'm honest, I was really shaken at that moment. I was like, oh no, should I, you know? My brain was running through, oh no, how, how should, no. And God is saying that, hey, remember, it's me and nothing else. Hear me. Trust me. 
love me. Trust in God's ability to protect you. Trust in God's ability to love you. Trust in God's ability to provide for you. Amen? You know, one last scripture and then I'll close. 1 John chapter 5, verse 3 says this, and this is how I want to encourage all of us. For this is the love of God. 1 John 5, 3. For this, in fact, this is the love for God to keep His commands and His commands are not burdensome. It's only when we don't follow God's command that our lives become burdensome. When we begin to serve more than one master, that's when our life becomes burdensome. When we begin to tack on Jesus and something else, Jesus and good grades, Jesus and the guy, Jesus and the... And, and so many of us, we do that. That's when our life and our faith becomes burdensome. Amen? It's only when we remove God from the equation that people burn out from ministry. It's only then when loving people becomes burdensome. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord. God, we stand here before you today uh, uh, going deeper into your word so that we can live a life that pleases you. But God, we also recognize that as much as we talk about the commands Lord, we started by saying that it is you. It is Christ. It is the cross in the middle of the four plus six that sustains us. And so God, right now I pray for my brothers and sisters, Lord, would you bring us back to the cross again? Lord, without you, without you, Lord, without you, Jesus, without you, Holy Spirit, we are unable to live these commandments. But it's only with you in our lives. So God, I just want to pray right now that you will help us, Lord, to reprioritize our lives. As we go back today, Lord, allow us to check our hearts and ask ourselves, Lord, have we allowed another master in? Are we doing church without you? And do we submit to you? And that's it. No other terms and conditions. So God, help us, Lord. Lord, help us to be a people that, that, that we don't just stop at singing love songs to you. And, and, and singing worship songs to you. But Lord, help us, Lord, to live out your word as you have commanded us that if you love me, keep my commands. So Lord, we love you by making you the only master in our lives. We love you by refusing to go through the motions of church and religion without you. And we love you, Lord, by saying that from today onwards, Lord, we will be mindful to submit to you and you only, to love you above all else, to trust you above all else, and to fear you above all else. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If you've been touched by today's message and would like to invite Jesus into your life, why don't you join me in saying this prayer? Lord Jesus, thank you for paying the ultimate price for my sins by dying on the cross for me. I receive your love and forgiveness and eternal life by faith. Come into my heart and life and be my Lord and my Savior. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for tuning in today. We hope that you've been blessed by today's message. For more information about Acts, you can check out www.actschurch.uk. God bless.